Welcome to episode 126, The Multi-Orgasmic Mama with Tilly Storm. Welcome, I am your host, Claire Obeyed. Woman Awake is a soul-led journey of awakening through motherhood and womanhood. Woman Awake explores the soul-based, spirit-fueled, somatic and energetic journey of awakening, of consciousness. The power of an awakened woman lives in her life alignment, her inner attunement and her embodied transformation. This is not just my journey, but it is ours and together we seek to free our mind, feel our body, feed our soul and to hear our heart. As women, as mamas, we seek clarity, we embrace the truth, we dive into the discomfort of our shadows, we honour our healing and we be fully with our humanness whilst also being in our divinity too. Hello beautiful ones, welcome to this week's episode. I have a really exciting conversation coming up for you with Tilly Storm. Tilly is the host of the Multi-Orgasmic Mama podcast and has been recognized as one of the top 26 coaches in the world by the Coach Foundation. And her podcast has reached over 230,000 listeners, which makes me wonder how many people have been listening to this little podcast, because that's an epic number. Tilly's mission in life is to help women transform their relationship with their body and sexuality so they can experience epic sex, pleasure, and intimacy with their partner. Something we all want, right? And she spends her time helping mums experience epic sex and pleasure in the bedroom and beyond. We dive into so much on this episode, and I'm so excited to bring you this chat. And if I'm really honest, this feels like a terrain that I haven't uh, brought to you enough on this podcast. We're talking about the woman awake and awake in all areas of her life, mind, body, spirit, soul, the final frontier of deep pleasure and intimacy and sexuality is something that I personally explore from an energetic perspective in my personal spirituality practice, understanding sacred sexuality, understanding the activation of the kundalini energy, and starting to open myself up more and more to pleasure. It is a very personal journey for me in terms of diving into this with my partner and opening up to pleasure and sexuality, and I've had my own blocks and stories and limitations to unpick and unpack in this regard, especially since becoming a mama. So I'm really excited to have this conversation with Tilly and perhaps shine a light for myself as a student in this space and for yourself on our bodies, our stories around pleasure, on sexuality and on the ways that maybe we can help support ourselves to be open to a a live, sexually free, intimate, pleasure-filled experience of life and that being a mother especially, we don't have to compartmentalise or put that into our lives pre-babies, that it's something we're allowed to have an experience right now. So I'm so excited for this conversation and I can't wait for you to come back to me and tell me what you've felt and experienced through this conversation with Tilly Storm. Now, before we dive into an uninterrupted podcast, I just want to remind you that there are a handful of tickets left for the Magdalene Frequency, which is my in-person retreat and immersion happening this Saturday, the 3rd of September. This is a full day experience where we dive into the energy and the frequency of the Magdalene. We work with rose medicine. We work with embodying the light through light language and Aramaic mantras. We share food together. We are immersed in nature. It is an epic experience and I cannot wait for this. It'll be my last in-person retreat for the year. So if you are local, Central Coast, New South Wales, Sydney, Newcastle, I've got people flying interstate. If this calls to you, there is no time like this moment. Please head on over to the link in the show notes and join us. But for now, let me introduce you to Tilly Storm, and the multi-orgasmic mama. Hello, Tilly, and welcome to the Woman Awake podcast. I am so excited to start this conversation with you and welcome you into my world. Oh, thank you so much, Claire. I'm very excited with you. Thank you so much. So when you first emailed me, I think you had to email me a couple of times before I actually saw and read your email properly. I'm sorry for that. I read your email and I thought, Oh gosh, she's right. Because you actually said, I noticed that you haven't explored this topic that much on your podcast. 
And I loved that. I love that you highlighted that because it is, for me, very much the space of sexuality, sensuality, intimacy, pleasure, especially since becoming a mama. It is definitely a space that feels like my final frontier, that I'm still quietly chipping away at in the background and working through some of my own personal stories and blocks around. So I really mm. love that you highlighted that and said, okay, let's bring this conversation a little bit more out there to your community. So thank you for that. Thank you very much. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so let's start here. You call yourself the multi-orgasmic mummer, and you have a podcast that reaches quite a few thousand people. Tell me a little bit about how you, how you started this, how you got to this place, how you became the multi-orgasmic mother and how this became your mission. Yeah, well, I think for most of us, it starts with a lot of our own journeys. Yeah. Uh, being raised Southern Baptist and and a very religious community, all of these things, um, it really did a number on me, at least my relationship with my body and sexuality. But it wasn't something that I was consciously aware of until after I had kids, actually. <laughs> So how that started is I I got 23 intentionally. I was married at the time. And I had my baby. You don't have a midwife. You're not in a hospital or anything like that. And I did that intentionally as well. I had actually been to school to be um, an OBGYN mm-hmm. and done lots of training and shadowing and anesthesiology and all sorts of different areas and um, the medical field. And I recognized even, you know, my earlier 20s and 23, how I had seen so many C-sections and all this and how it was just so not pleasant. (laughs) And this so many to not be happy at all after having their baby. I'm sitting here thinking like, oh my God, is this what childbirth really is like? Because I want to do with that. So when I uh, became pregnant, it was like, okay, whatever the complete opposite experience is of that, that's what I want. And I had had a lot of knowledge of childbirth. I'd read all the books, all the things, and it just felt right for me. I don't know how else to describe it other than, uh, I had absolutely no fear at all where and with fear sort of experience like that. I just didn't have any and it felt right for me. And you know what? I'm so glad I listened to that, that line of intuition and having an extremely fast labor and birth. Uh, it's what they call a precipitous birth. And it was under two and a half hour. When I started labor to the time I had him, which is kind of unheard of. Mm. Um, so it was very very fast I would have thought time to either go to a hospital or um, I had 30 minutes oh I think I've lost you time (laughs) so um, I I ended up having him and it, it was the most magical empowering experience ever and it set me on this journey of awakening to how everything I'd been taught about my body and sex was completely uh, not in alignment with what I was learning to be true for myself Mm. so um, I started working in a birth center as a midwife and doula after I had my second baby and noticed how women were really struggling with sexuality um, after having their children, which is funny because it's not something that I actually struggled with. (laughs) I didn't struggle with the desire or lack of libido or any of those things, but I started to notice after my husband at the time made the comment that I only in one way. Hell, (laughs) you're right. This is kind of like frustrating because I'm told Oh, Tilly, I might just get you to repeat that bit again. Okay. You've just said um, your husband mentioned something and then it cut out. So if you could just repeat that bit for me. Yeah. And my husband at the time had mentioned that, you know, he just made this high remark that I could only orgasm in one way. And I'm sitting here thinking like, oh my God, you're right. (laughs) I'm only 27 years old and like, 
my or I have orgasms like it's fine but I don't know it just felt like something was missing and I felt limited in my own experience of sex I felt really disgusted by my body I had a lot of body disgust um in terms of like my boobs were saggy and even though you know I was I'm thin pretty tall uh and have you know a nice body by most people's standards um didn't I? And I only wanted to have sex with the lights off or with a shirt on because I just felt, yeah, right. Uh, so that's when I kind of started my own personal journey into sexuality and learning the JDEG practices and, and all these things that eventually I was like, oh, this is my calling in life, not midwifery or birthing babies. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of how I got here. And that was five or six years ago now. Yep. Wow. I love that. And, you know, I, I really, um, I appreciate obviously all the sharing there and, and the detail about your personal journey that I think so many of us listening resonate with. I personally really resonate with, I would never have used the term body disgust, but that's actually what it was. I went from being 45 kilos, really toned and strong and this little bendy yogi that was you know, quite in control of her body to all of a sudden putting on quite a lot of weight during pregnancy, very short. So, you know, it all just went outward. And then of course, taking quite a long time for my body to recalibrate after both babies. I, I didn't do a snapback. That wasn't possible for me. And I was also um, experiencing really major sleep deprivation, which I've spoken a lot about on this podcast. So there was a lot of shock around my body and how much it changed. And it took years of deep work and self-love to sort of come to a, a, an appreciation and gratitude for my body and how it had changed and all that it had done. But it really did affect my libido. It affected my desire, add sleep deprivation into that. There was a loss of sex drive. There was no interest whatsoever in all of that. And then, of course, there were pelvic floor issues and prolapse that came up. So I just really appreciate the... Um, you know, your personal share on, on your experience because some of those things I really resonate with and I know that many other people are probably nodding their head along going, yeah, actually, that happened for me too and it, of course, then affected my sexuality or my sex drive or how I felt during sex. And I remember sex being really uncomfortable at a certain point, really, really painful or just unsure of how my body worked anymore. It no longer felt like this easy thing in my 20s where it was just like, oh, this is just off we go and we just do it. It all of a sudden felt really heady and confusing and, um, yeah, no longer this free-spirited, pleasure-filled experience. So that well, leads that me good. to asking you, I've shared a lot just there from my personal experience, but what are some of the common issues that you do find with mamas around their pleasure and their sexuality, sensuality, intimacy, that whole category, especially after they've had their babies, of course, and, and that probably goes for many years after. So I'm curious as to what comes up for you often in the work that you do. Yeah, well, well Claire, you just nailed, nailed it right there. You said, it got really heady. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that is exactly what we see time and time again, is that especially after a big life transition, like having a kid or a divorce, breakup, uh, or menopause, big life transitions like this will sometimes bring up these <laughs> these ghosts that we swept under the floor a long time ago, and we don't realize they're even there anymore. But things like emotional emotional baggage that we've been suppressing and repressing for so long that we might not even be aware of, like the body disgust, the shame, the guilt, fear, uh, that your relationship might not continue because you think there's something wrong with you or all this stuff. So we can get really in our heads and, you know, it becomes, it, it, it turns up like this. Oh my God, am I taking too long? Oh, is he enjoying this? He's just doing this to, you know, appease himself or, you know, like it, it becomes about this experience of dread almost for so many women. And this is very, very common. That's one thing that I want everyone to know is that if this is you, you might not be talking about this with your friends, but just know that there are far more women who are experiencing this than are not. Mm. Yeah. Agree. Hmm. Yeah. 
Yes. <laughs> and so of course there's there's other issues as well that you know we can dive into. You have Yeah, I was just gonna say when you said you might not be talking about this to your friends and it kind of made me feel this little wave of sadness. It's like, well, we actually should be talking about this with our friends. And I and I have started over the years to gently shine a light on areas like we've gone through periods of celibacy my husband and I not intentionally not forced just out of sheer exhaustion and just out of we don't have the capacity to explore this and we don't have the energy to explore this we're in survival mode and processing what that means for our relationship and processing how we feel about that and then of course periods of um, moving back into pleasure and intimacy and and realizing I'm a completely different woman. I do not want to have sex in the way that we used to have sex. I'm completely changed. I don't want it to be performative at all. So I have been trying to share slowly bits and pieces of this with friends and with loved ones because it feels really wrong that we carry that mental and emotional load. It's this secret thing that it's just wrong. It just it's poisonous carrying it in our in our hearts and in our minds on our own, isn't it? Mm, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you know it goes along with the lack of desire and uh, being in sexless relationships. That this is a lot more than you think as well. Uh, especially if you're over a decade in a relationship, most relationships will go through these periods of you know not being sexually active with the other person and it's pretty normal and at the same time it people tend to wait far 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 too long before they actually get help with it yes yes there's definitely that yeah and look I think that um it really requires from my perspective those periods of celibacy to really look at the relationship as a whole and on one hand sexuality and intimacy is so important but on the other hand to not place so much pressure on it being the only thing that is the glue that keeps the relationship together so for us it's been a really beautiful process of actually deepening in our connection and our friendship and our appreciation of each other outside of the physicality when that wasn't possible and just being okay with well this is a period for us but I wonder what are some of the other reasons because that's my personal experience sleep deprivation 100% was just Okay, that was the main effect. And of course, pelvic floor challenges. But what are some of the other reasons that mamas perhaps lose their sex drive or disconnect completely from pleasure or just block themselves and just say, we can't go there? Well, a lot of times it is the terrible conditioning that you got raised to think about yourself, Mm -hmm. that pleasure is for someone else. And this is where I see it becomes really tricky is that so many women think that that that's actually true that you don't think that logically I know you don't most women are you know especially being raised in today's day and age that of course pleasure is for me you know like the whole body positivity and and sex coaching being a normal thing these days like when I started nobody was doing this and now there's all all sorts of sex coaches coming up but you know like recognizing that pleasure is for you it's one thing to to really fish true inside of your body and most women when they think about it their body have they really embodied that truth do they really feel inside that pleasure is something that can fuel them not something that they just have to give someone else or that someone else profiting industry right so you know like our women's pleasure has been used in so many ways for everyone else's benefit but yours so if you're not fully embodying the truth that pleasure is for you and using it consciously and intentionally and putting effort and making this a priority in life to experience more pleasure in your life then it's here on saying these things and feeling uh this is what i call surface level sexual empowerment like oh i'm empowered sexually uh but is it really feeling that way inside first no (laughs) yeah I don't really my body doesn't believe that that's true that pleasure is something that I get to experience that I'm really of experiencing so this can lead to a huge resentment issues especially 
eventually after having kids, because, you know, one partner is completely left unaffected at, in terms of their body changing, right? Um, they're not breastfeeding. They didn't birth a baby. They don't have the pelvic floor issues. And the other partner is, you know, is taking on all these actual physical challenges like you were like your story, right? Mm. Uh, where you're experiencing the sleep deprivation too. And of course the partners, you know, they might be experiencing challenges of sleep as well, especially the early days of having a kid, but um, it can lead to, we're coming from that. Just another thing to do to make sure, um, you know, my part is satisfied and that I'm fulfilling my wifely duties. Like many of us think these is how we're actually, up in my space like oh my god like I know I was really saying yes when I really meant no much yes. I was overriding my body just because I thought I had to yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a problem yeah and actually I think that one of the reasons that we've gone through periods of celibacy is because I got to a place of really dismantling any people-pleasing tendencies that I had and just saying, I'm not doing this just to please you, as in I'm not going to just, you know, go through the act of sexual intimacy just to please you because right now it's not there for me and I'm not going to fake it or pretend. So that was a, actually a turning point for me. It was just this um, deepening into a more sovereign state, which meant that I had to let go of something until I was ready to own it for myself again, not just for somebody else. And right. I find it really interesting, the, the comment you made about surface level empowerment, because that's how sex used to feel for me, you know, in my early 20s. It's like thinking that you're sexually liberated and free, but actually it was just quite surface level. And I feel mm -hmm. like I was only starting to deepen into, you know, a, a, a true understanding of my sexual self just before I had children. And then, of course, the children came up, all of the things I've shared happened, all of the programming from childhood and the stories around yeah, that's a long story, you know, especially growing up with a family that was very sexually closed down and not expressive or it wasn't safe to be sexual unless you were married and having babies. So there was a lot of those stories that had to be processed in the early years of motherhood as well. And I want to know when you said learning to embody pleasure is for you, how do we do that? <laughs> How does somebody out there, I know this is like, hey, we could coach on this for a year, but what is one thing that somebody could take away today when you say starting to learn to embody this truth that pleasure actually is for you, it's not for somebody else? What's one thing that somebody could take away today and try? Oh, so great. Yes, I love this question. Well, the thing that I would say, the first thing right off the bat is to start self practice and training because even if you're in a relationship and you have a sex life with your partner it's because it's with a partner it's also about your partner yes it's about you but it's also about your partner and if you're hell yeah yes to this hell no I'm a no to this uh, if you find yourself people pleasing uh, which is very common then this is an opportunity having self-pleasure practice is an opportunity for you to begin to rewire your nervous system, to really give yourself a safe space to use unresolved trauma uh, which so many of us have around our sexuality and our pleasure um, it gives you a space to really train yourself so what is a self-pleasure practice it means intentional math Kidding. Mm. I hate word or but with a very clear intention. And okay. I use the JDEG for that okay. as well. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. I'm just going to repeat that because there's a lot of cutting in and out with our recording today. So you were just saying at the end, uh, a self-pleasure practice is inten intentional masturbation and possibly working with a JDEG practice as an example. Did I get that right? Yes. Yeah, cool. Sorry. There's just a lot of, um, it's very choppy, the, the call. So I'm just repeating in case some people are missing something. And those that are listening, please stick with the call because it's got lots of juicy stuff in it so far. And I know that it's a little bit in and out. 
So when you said a moment ago unresolved trauma, it's really interesting because I would never have thought that I had any um, a trauma that related any way into sexuality or intimacy. But I remember after um, having children a couple of years into it, my husband would come in and he'd give me a cuddle hello and he would immediately go for the crotch grab, right? <laughs> He would do what, what men like. He would do what, to me what he would think would be pleasurable, pleasurable, sorry, pleasurable for me because that's what he likes. And I would have this full body, like this incredible somatic triggered trauma response. And I was just so shocked at why I was having this experience. And it, it took me a while actually to realize I was 19 years old and I remember crossing the road in the middle of the night going to a party and as I was crossing the road, this really tall, huge, very strong man walked past and he grabbed my crotch and basically lifted me off the ground, dropped me back down and then kept walking. Hmm. I didn't have any recollection of this until this started happening after children and my husband, not roughly, but was doing a very similar experience. And I remember having to talk to him about it and saying... I, this part of my body has changed, something has awakened, something's also um, shifting and moving and that tra trauma memory is coming back for me. And when you do that to me, that immediately triggers me and I want to close down and shut down. And of course, he was really beautiful about it and listened and hasn't done it since. But I had to then work through that that was obviously stored in that part of my body that was being activated and coming up for resolution. So I'm really glad that you highlighted that because sometimes we don't know what our body is holding and where it's holding. And it can be something we think is insignificant, but actually is a huge part of our journey through sexuality and intimacy. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that you have that perfect example of how the unresolved trauma can show up and how we're not quite aware of how these things show up. Um, yeah. I mean, it's very common that even people who've been to therapy or have done all of the things that have done coaching, even been to couples coaching or whatever, uh, they'll come to me and they don't, they, they think they have resolved all these things and yet there's still another layer or another level of it that's coming up for them. So even very high level people, therapists or doctors or anyone like this, that's, you know, done work before around these issues, they still see how some of these emotional ghosts from the past or wounds from the past can still show up and they had no idea how they were still affecting them. But if you, the, the sign, you know, the results that you're experiencing right now is the sign of whether or not you've really resolved it. So if you're experiencing issues in your sex life or not feeling fully empowered and liberated sexually, then you probably do have some unresolved things and it's not like you got to go looking for them, but to, uh, open yourself up to doing a self-pleasure practice or a jade egg practice to see what might come up for you and then kind of take it from there. Yeah, beautiful. So someone listening right now, and I've had this thought before in the past, might be like, okay, all good, but why does it even matter? Like why does being in an empowered sexual state it, you know, connected to my intimacy and my pleasure, why does this matter? I'm a mom, I'm busy. Why does it matter? Why is this important? What would you say to that? It's your pleasure. <laughs> you're, you're not meant to go through life barely surviving through it at all. You are a part of nature. And as a part of nature, you're here to fully, fully, fully thrive. And if you're settling for survival, I'm sorry, that that's where you're at. Um, but you, you do get to know that there is more for you mm -hmm. and this is your pleasure. This is your life. This is the joy that you're experiencing. Do you want to pass that down to your children? Because the truth is, is that if you're settling with that, then you are passing it down to your children. If you don't choose to do that breaking of that pattern for yourself and to really up level so that you can experience more pleasure in your life, your kids are picking up on it. So, you know, a, a lot of people come to me because they are aware that they have these patterns and they don't want to pass this down to their children. So that's a very big motivator. Yeah, it really is. And I think that can be really confronting for people to hear. And I just want to say for anybody that's heard that, that feels really triggered, it, it's sent with love, obviously. And it's the right time for you whenever that is 
to explore this and to go deeper. And I think that um, it's not so much another thing that you have to add to your list of all the things you could possibly do wrong and how you're going to stuff your kids up if you don't. It's more so just understanding that as you experience your pleasure-filled life, that that naturally opens your children up to the same. And, of course, that's what we want for our children, isn't it? And yes. I love that you said pleasure, you know, pleasure is your nature and we are nature. And I think this is a beautiful way of remembering returning to our our innate wholeness and our natural way of being in sync with our natural environment, which is a constant state of pleasure and intimacy and sexuality. And from my perspective, you know, sexuality is creation energy. Sexuality is... Um, you know, even if you're not necessarily having sex, sexuality is the energy that we create with. We create ideas, experiences, the way we move through the world, the way that we engage with other people and the way that we engage with our children and our family. So I love that you highlighted it as nature, you know? Yes. So good. And the people-pleasing and the overgiving tendencies that you you highlighted, this is something I definitely do not want my daughter to move through. I don't want her to move through the world thinking that she has to overplease and overgive and that you know I, I've watched it at the park at the playground right I've watched the way people talk to their children the way that they talk to girls versus boys and how I even caught myself once you know sending my daughter off to a little baby that had fallen and saying oh why don't we go and check on that baby and see if that baby is okay which is not a quality I'm against of course I want her to be empathetic and caring and supportive of other people and be aware of her environment but I noticed one day I hadn't done that with my son. I was thinking, isn't that interesting? So mm. I really shifted and adjusted the way that I engage with my children on a much more equal and open level and also reminding my daughter to check in with herself first before she checks in with other people and that she's better equipped to do that. So I really love the reminder that we don't want to pass this down. We don't want our girls being raised to be overgivers and people pleasers because that in my work, has been probably one of the core wounds that many, many, many of my clients have had to unpack. And that feeds into their sexuality and their intimacy, but also into everything, all areas of their life, their work, their relationships, everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Pleasure. Pleasure is our joy. Pleasure is our aliveness. I love that. So how getting, how do we do this? How do we get in touch with our erotic nature, even as a mum? How do we do this? Because it feels really overwhelming at times to access that part of ourselves, to be in this, as you say, pleasure-positive state while raising our children and for our children. How do we get back in touch with this erotic nature if it feels so far removed from who we are right now? Yeah, well, I mean, it kind of goes back to the start an intentional self-pleasure and jade egg practice because this is where you, you learn... And you get the opportunity to ignite that internal fire again. And this is where you're going to do that. If you're looking for that from your relationship, if you're looking for your partner to do it, I'm sorry, but you're probably going to be waiting around for a really long time. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, it behooves you then to really take uh, the rings and, and make this a priority in your life. Um, a lot of women have the thing, oh, it's just another thing that I have to do then. Sure. But it's also your pleasure. So it comes back to that. Like, well, what are you willing to do to experience more pleasure? And I don't just mean sexually. And I think that's where a lot of my work differs from many other sex coaches out there is that, yes, people come to me because they want better orgasms or they want to actually have desire for their partner. But a lot of it is just like, I just want to be able to sit there and play with my freaking kids and not feel like I have to go wash the dishes or that I have to get up and do another thing because it's all I can think about when I'm sitting there playing with them is the next thing that I have to do. Right. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's not just about sexual pleasure. Your self-pleasure and jaded practice is about undoing all that wiring and all of the, all everything that's made you successful in any area of your life academically and a business and a career is exactly the programming and the conditioning that you get to unwind to experience more pleasure, both sexually and in your life. 
because those things do not serve your pleasure. That way of thinking, the constant to-do list, the constant overachieving, the constant doing all the things, this is what takes you out of the present moment. All the best sex happens when you're not thinking about it Mm -hmm. and when you're fully present with your partner. All the best, most beautiful moments you're going to remember raising your children aren't because you went on the these family vacation every year. I can tell you how many women have gone on family vacations in their total shit show or their <laughs> it's just like it was so much work I didn't really enjoy myself at oh, all. Oh yes. Like, yes. 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 We I do that. We occasionally go out to breakfast and we're like, why did we even bother? Like that yes. was just not even okay. I right. Get yeah. So it's about getting out of that and to how can I be in pleasure in all moments of my life? How can I walk through life turned on and alive and juicy and really connected to my body and be in this present moment with not without feeling like I have to go do these things, without feeling like I have to be this person? So it's a it's really about total liberation. And this is what self-pleasure through the JDEG, the Taoist practices, really helps a woman do is to reverse all of that go, 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 do, do, do energy and wiring and to fully reconnect to the body, to sex and to the present moment. Yum, yum, yum. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I've got so many questions. So this is about a, a transformation, isn't it? With your relationship with your body and your relationship with the world and the environment around you and your relationship with the everyday through a completely different lens, right? Yes. This is what I'm hearing. If you're talking about transforming your relationship with pleasure, which is a form of liberation, the way that you drink your coffee, the way that you gaze upon a sunrise, the way that you feel your body just throughout the day and just connect with her. So what if somebody right now is listening and saying, I feel so disconnected from my body. I feel so disconnected from just pleasure there's nothing pleasurable my coffee is drunk cold and in a hurry and I don't have time to gaze upon anything beautiful and separate to a jade egg practice separate to an intentional Mm -hmm. masturbation practice how can somebody start there how can somebody start to shift that because that might just be really overwhelming even that for somebody Right. Yeah. And people who are in this territory, I don't tend to work with people in that space because a lot of that is just life stuff, right? Like reduce the stress in your life, like stop doing so much. What can you take off of your plate? What can you not do? What's not completely necessary for you to be doing? I guarantee you, if you ask yourself those questions and that's what you're experiencing is I don't have time for anything that. I don't buy into that. I don't believe that. That's that's not a level of reality that I choose to to be in. Yeah. Because I believe I'm a sovereign being. I create my reality. I make time for the things that are important to me. Um, so that like that thinking is <laughs> my God. Like I, it feels so far. Like I used to be that way, and I get it. And people are definitely there, and there's many people there. But it feels like so long ago. It's hard for me to even remember what that's like. Mm. But for if that's what you're experiencing, how can you reduce the stresses? How can you reduce doing all the things? I guarantee you, your kids don't need to be in three activities every single school year. Like it's, it's completely unnecessary. It's probably stressing them out too. You know, like it's just these simple things. Like you're just doing too much. And the best thing I think now it's coming to me when I was in that place, I remember just laying on the floor, staring at the ceiling, doing absolutely nothing for two minutes Hmm. and just thinking like, Oh my God, this is what it's like to do nothing. Because it was almost like a remembrance of like, Oh, I don't have to do anything right now. I can just stare at the ceiling and do nothing. So like literally give yourself the space and the time to just do absolutely nothing for a few minutes. Even if you have to lock a bathroom door and go stand in the shower with your clothes on, like whatever it takes to just to get some alone time and some quiet time to decompress and let yourself feel what is that even like to create spaciousness in my life right now to create like a moment of not having to like be there for someone or to do a thing for someone and just be in the moment with yourself and your body. 
Uh, so yeah, I mean, I remember having some pretty revelatory thoughts come to my mind about how I was living my life. Um, I, in between my kids birthing both of them, I worked as a city planner. Uh, it was a crap government job. My God, it was so awful. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember coming home one day and just being like, dude, this is not worth it. Like I hate this. Um, and, and it was that feeling of being completely overwhelmed in life, doing too many things. And I just decided to quit. I decided to quit that job because I hated it. I was a single mom at the time. I got barely received any child support or support from my kid's dad. Um, and I made it happen. I followed my passion. I started working at the birth center, uh, which really lit me up and energized me. And my life completely changed when I just decided to stop doing what I hated. Because yeah, <laughs> so I refused. started following pleasure. Yes. Yes. I love that. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think there's so many things that we, so many stories that we buy into. Too busy, too much this, can't do that. And that's if that's where somebody is at, that, you know, all respect and, and compassion and understanding. But if you're ready to make a change, it can just be one small tweak, right? One little mm-hmm. adjustment here and there. I do a lot, I do a lot of laying down, staring at the ceiling, at the, at the window, staring at the trees, contemplating the trembling of the leaves, it's a thing for me and it's probably the fastest way to deep rest and nourishment but also somatic attunement. There is this immediate connection to my body and then there's this like, oh, there's this sensation here or there's this rumbling here or this rippling here and then there's a deeper connection to pleasure from that because it's just the pause, isn't it? It's that sacred pause. Yes. So let's just dial back a little bit. How do we, for those of us in long-term relationships, those of us that have maybe toggled through periods of celibacy or just exhaustion or whatever or boredom, those of us in long-term relationships, how do we reignite desire and passion there? How do we, yeah, because it's I've got no desire to end a relationship with my husband just to go seek out desire and passion elsewhere. I want it to be here with what I've got. So how do we do that? That's a big thing for so many of us. 10 years, 20 years, these relationships that keep on going. But but desire and passion, where is that? So help us out (sighs) with that, please. Well, I think everyone gets to start by knowing that sex and relationships are learned skills. I think we all have in our mind, we got brainwashed by Disney, that, (laughs) you know, we should all, when we meet Prince Charming, sex should just be this thing that happens throughout our entire life and we should just be happy with it and if we have to work at it or it becomes challenging then maybe we're not meant to be together this is the biggest bs lie i agree that i could just flash on billboards and be like oh my god don't drink the juice like it's not true (laughs) so um yeah everyone gets to know that you get to learn how to have great sex that even if it were great in the beginning, and especially if it were great in the beginning, that doesn't mean that you can't have it again. It just means that you no longer have the early love bird hormones and the cocktail of hormones going through your body when you first fall in love with somebody up until about the first year, year and a half. That goes away. And from then on, it becomes work. Yes, I said it. It's work. Your relationship, (laughs) it's work. Your sex life, it's work. And it's something that you have to continually work on because it's work. (laughs) So this whole notion that it should just be easy and I shouldn't have to pay attention to it or, you know, I shouldn't have to try. Yes, you do. If you want to be in that relationship, you get to try and you get to work on it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Agree. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Juice. Don't drink the juice. I love that. (laughs) And what does that look like? Well, um, it it really looks like learning more about your body, learning more about sex, expanding what your definition of that even means. Mm -hmm. Because for most people, it just, especially, you know, heterosexual couples I'm talking about, for heterosexual couples, it usually means penis and vagina or some very limited version of three minutes of foreplay, 
seven minutes of penetration and then he probably falls asleep at the end right like that's it, it turns into this like habitual common technique or pattern that happens in long-term relationships so the point is to understand that really tapping into your erotic nature and sexuality in your body is about reconnecting with your erotic multi-orgasmic genius inside there is so much more to sex and pleasure than you're experiencing oh my god whatever you're experiencing just know like even if it's i'm already multi-orgasmic but it's just clitoral orgasms like there is still so much more out there for you to be experiencing but you get to put in some time effort and attention to get to the point where you have the understanding and you've trained your body to be able to experience the more to sex and relationships that you really want. Mm. So if you want it, you can get it. You know, there's my podcast to start. <laughs> uh, there's all sorts of places. There's tons of sex podcasts these days. You could just go look at any of them and really learn like, oh, wow, there, there's a lot more available to me. And if that's a spark you have, I would encourage you to go do that. Just really get yourself a decent friggin' pleasure education because you didn't get it. So if you, you know, if you're not even aware of what your body is capable of, go learn. Mm, I, love that. <laughs> I love that. Go learn. Yes. I love your, your, your direct, I love your directness. Just yes, go learn, do. <laughs> so good. So good. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yep. Go learn. I feel like that's just a beautiful wrap up to the whole beautiful conversation and journey that we've had. And I think it's, um, yeah, it, it, for me, the very seed of this conversation is kind of boiling right down to the fact that we, our birthright is pleasure. Like we were created through pleasure. Everything in nature is pleasure. Pleasure is not this dirty thing that the patriarchal, you know, especially Roman Catholic experience and many other religious experiences has led us to believe pleasure is actually not, um, it's not wrong, it's right. And I've personally noticed that when I'm in a deep state of pleasure, whether that's sexually or any other form of spirituality, that there is a, a creativity and a, a burst of aliveness and there's this um, integration of all parts of me that makes me feel, ah, this is why I came here to be human. This is why I'm doing this thing called life. There is this, um, it's like this anchor back into the why, if that makes sense. Why? Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Thank you so much. It's been such a beautiful conversation. Um, yeah, I'm sure that there is going to be plenty more people coming your way saying, okay, help me with the learning and the things and the pleasure and all the good stuff. So I welcome everybody in your direction. So that being said, Tilly, can you help us understand what you have on offer, what's available for people to sink their teeth into besides your beautiful podcast, The Multi-Orgasmic Mother? How can we be in your world and your orbit a little bit more? Yeah, well, there's a beautiful five days to epic sex and pleasure for women training. Uh, that is a private audio or podcast series that you can download at tilly-storm.com it's t-i-l-l-y-storm.com and in that it's like i have 200 and what 16 or 17 podcast episodes up right now so <laughs> it can be a lot to go through all of that but if you want the short sweet version and all of the best things wrapped up into one and to a very much methodical, this is how it gets to happen. Uh, go download that training because it has like, if I could tell you anything and five episodes, these are the five things that I would tell you. So go I'm download downloading that. it currently as we speak, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I love that. You sold that so well. If I could give you everything all in one five day series, this is it. Okay done sold <laughs> what else do you have for us i'm sure there's more yeah i mean there's uh how to start a jdeg practice on my website as well mm -hmm. so you can download an e-guide with six 
three warm up and three actual JDIG practices. So we didn't dive too much into the JDIG, but it is an ancient Taoist practice um, that I teach all of my female clients, whether they're in my high end, like super high level women mentorship uh, that I work with privately or in my group program. It doesn't matter. I teach all of my women this practice because it is such a powerful practice to reconnect you with this part of yourself. Um, so you have everything you need to get started, what the contraindications are, if you shouldn't use it, uh, or if you're good to use it, um, how to use it in a safe and hygienic way. And you can get um, the six audio guided practices. So you can actually get started with a JDIG practice right away because God forbid you buy one and it sits on your shelf and you never use it. Cause that's what happens to most people who buy it because they don't know what to do with it when they get it. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm, I'm that did not happen to me. Actually it did. Good. <laughs> no, it did. It definitely did. I definitely, oh, did. yes, no, I, for uh, quite a long time, it, it, collected dust until I was like, right, we are having a conversation, me and you, Jade Egg. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think Amazing. that's very normal. <clears throat> yep. But yeah, you can go download that on my website. It, so my regular website, uh, you, it's www.tillystorm.com without the dash. Mm -hmm. You have to put in the three W's for some reason. So if you go there, there's like a free tab and you can download that training from there. Got you. Okay. All of that will be linked in the show notes. So we mm -hmm. will all be enjoying your beautiful practices and, and offerings. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to have this conversation with you. Thank you for encouraging me to open up this conversation I feel like I need to have you back on the podcast another time to talk more about Taoist traditions and, and dive a little bit deeper into the Jade Day practice as well but for now I hope that that has been enough inspiration for my beautiful woman awake listeners and to encourage everybody to open up to pleasure and intimacy and that being a mama doesn't have to be a block to a pleasure-filled life and experience so thank you so much Tilly I'm really grateful for your time and your energy Oh, thank you so much for having me, love. Thank you, beautiful one. Thank you for listening to this conversation with Tilly Storm. I hope that there were some golden nuggets, wisdom and inspiration that came through just for you today. And that instead of seeing this as another thing that you have to tick off your list, that perhaps opening yourself up to pleasure is exciting and uh, has inspired you to create a new story for yourself. Thank you for being patient. We did have some audio issues earlier on, so hopefully that didn't disrupt your experience too much. But for now, I invite you to explore your sex education, your sexuality and intimacy with Tilly Storm or any other person that lights you up because your pleasure most certainly does matter. All my love to you. Thank you for listening to Woman Awake. If you found this episode supportive, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes. This is the best way to cheer me on and ensure that Woman Awake lands in the hearts and ears of those that need it most. If you think of someone that needs this medicine, please do me a favor and share this on. You can find me over at clarabade.com slash podcast. Thank you for being a part of this journey of awakening.